Good afternoon, good evening, good day, good morning, everybody. It is, well, it's Saturday, June 11th, and you know, you know, you know what that means. It is time for the High Risk Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. I am the number one contender, Jeremy Pearson. Um, got a nice little fun show for you today finally 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 we'll be starting um our new series but first things first as always you can check me out on my socials twitter the 215 charismatic underscore creations 52 on instagram and charismatic creations on facebook youtube and tumblr also don't forget to check out the charismatic card soon to be charismatic gaming channel i'm gonna get a couple videos up um up on there this weekend I'm um, hoping to get that done uh, today after I after I do this. But uh, last week we we had the Hell in a Cell preview show, and uh, we didn't do a what just happened. But I was able to review the show on Friday night, your last nights, um, and it was a solid show. Honestly, it was one of those shows where we didn't expect a lot, but we were given um, entertainment. It was a raw show. There was only one SmackDown match. And uh, but this week we are starting our faction warfare segment show. Um, just looking at factions throughout the professional wrestling uh, atmosphere, past, present, possibly future. I'm gonna try to get at least four factions per episode in there. And uh, this is ranges from AEW, WWE, um, ECW, Impact Wrestling. So we're gonna be in there. We're going to be in there, but for now, you all know what's next, so just go on and hit my music. Alright, so it looks like possibly that um, Bobby Lashley could get a push, so if you Watch telling a cell. There was an audible call. There was a loud audible call. You could hear the referee tell Lashley to go pose with the championship belt that a kid was holding. And um, what? Well, well, with the Cody injury, you guys don't know Cody Rhodes is injured. I don't even think we covered that. Um, Cody is injured. So they need another top face on Raw. And that also came with the audible that was called um, on Raw, which, we'll, which we'll, we'll go over. But last year we still the pose of the championship. And I guess to eventually face possibly Roman at some point, they only have one world champion. And we know Roman's next challengers lined up will be Riddle, Randy, and Drew McIntyre. But it looks like Lashley right now will be challenging for the United States Championship. Adam Cole is not expected to wrestle until Forbidden Door. He is hurt. He's been dealing with um, a lot of injuries. So, he's he, look, he's banged up. And look, the other members of the Undisputed Elite, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, can wrestle in his steed. And Cole can be on commentary. Cole can keep doing work on the mic until he gets ready for um, Forbidden Door. What he'll do at Forbidden Door, kind of have an idea. And what we'll get into when we get into the show review. This this Stephanie McMahon situation is, 
is intriguing. So there was a new hire uh, to fill Stephanie's place for now, which is uh, Catherine Newman. She's be, she's now the executive vice president and head of marketing. Uh, she has two over two decades of experience in this, but there's more. It sounds like Dirty VE were were burying Stephanie behind the scenes. That they're putting out negative stories that Stephanie was not good at her job, which the Dirty VE are denying that Stephanie was pushed out, even though it was Vince McMahon who made the call. He's the one who says she needs to go, step away, whatever, however you want to um, play it. Uh, Nick Khan and everyone else and at, the, at the high, high, at the top are denying this. They're denying that um, they're trying to slander Stephanie. This may get um, a little heated, a little awkward. And there's even a chance that Stephanie may not just come back. I mean, they started the uh, public burial of her. Um, this is this is keep 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 your eyes and your ears to the ground for all of this, everybody, because this is this is going to get a little bit more strange. Cody is expected to miss um, nine months, even though they teased that he could potentially wrestle at uh, no. Cody's going to be out for nine months so we're in June July August September October November December January February March that, that will put his return right around Wrestlemania uh you know maybe he can come back quicker remember Cena came back I want to say four months from his torn pectoral injury that's when he did, uh, came back at number 30 at the Royal Rumble uh the one that was held at Madison Square Garden so we'll see what's going on with Cody, he did have successful surgery. Matt Cardona um, reveals his timeline recovery, so he's going to be out. He's just for uh, a minute, for a long—I'm not gonna say a long time—but he—he's he's, going to be away for a minute. NXT, uh, the fallout for in your house brought in some solid viewership numbers. 657,000 viewers with a point 14 and 18 to 49 demo. That is a large jump from the previous uh, week that only had 534,000. NXT still not a good show. Roman Reigns will not be wrestling at Money to Bank, which is why he will be defending the championship next week. We'll get into why he's defending the championship next week. So, uh, this is why you should not have one world champion. Because now Roman's not working money to bank, which is one of your bigger shows. Let that sink in. Roman Reigns is not working one of your bigger shows. Uh, Apollo Creed and Commander Aziz have been officially moved to NXT, and they're still making main roster money. This is not like Ziggler going down to just do a couple matches. No, they're officially back on the NXT roster. Paige announced that she will be leaving the WWE soon, that her contract is up at the beginning of July, July 7th to be exact. And um, she's moving on. She uh, she clearly wants to wrestle again. And obviously, there's always a belief that she could just jump to NXT. We'll see. She could also go overseas. But WWE has tried to really put a hamper on independent wrestling over there in the United Kingdom. So we'll see. 
but that's the news, and um, we'll be back. Brother, oh boy, oh wow! I don't know what the fuck that was, but the weekend review, as you know, we as always we go over Raw, Dynamite, Impact, SmackDown, and Rampage. We've got our matches of the week, and we have a very, very obvious star of the week. But we'll get into that first things first. Monday Night Raw, we have our Hell in a Cell Fallout. We've had mention of Money in the Bank, but no qualifying matches. Those started on SmackDown. But for Raw, essentially, uh, Cody comes out and just talks, you know, says the right things. Seth comes out. Seth says, Dad, we proud. They shake hands, and that's it. I'm like, okay, that's a little little odd, a little strange. Gives Cody his props and then leaves to the back. Cody walks. Gives one more waving goodbye on the ramp because you know he will be going away because of his injury. And the Seth attacks him with the sledgehammer, takes him out, beats his ass, and Seth stays still. Now, I think I, I honestly believe he should have turned Seth face here. The attack wasn't needed, but it's whatever. Seth stays healed, so Seth will stay one of the top heels on the show while we're also moving some things around. Now, well. We'll, we'll get into it when we get to something um, that happened later on the show. Dana Brooke versus Becky Lynch was a regular match, right? You figure Becky's going to win. And then we had 24 7 shenanigans, and Becky's like, no, 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 no. So what happened was she said, no, no, nobody's winning championships here unless it's me. So Akira was the champion. Dana won. And now we have a 24 7 title match between Dana and Becky. Which Dana won with the help of Oscar. So let that sink in that Dana Brooke has defeated Becky Lynch. Now, now, I would have loved for Becky to win. I, I don't see it as a demotion of Becky being in the 21st stuff because she can help elevate it. Also, there was no Carmella here at all, but, or our truth. So, whatever happened to them teaming up once again to go after Dana Brooke? Whatever. I think Becky should have won. Uh, we had Miss TV with Riddle. This was just a Maurice was back to. This was just essentially to promote the new season of uh, Miz and Mrs. Uh, Champa attacked Riddle randomly. And what the fuck are we doing with Champa? We gotta figure this out, please. Uh, Riddle beats Miz. Miz originally didn't want to agree to match, but once Champa jumped Riddle, like, oh shit, hey, they can wrestle now. This did what it needed to do. Riddle won. The Street Profits beat the Usos in a uh, championship contenders match by countout. This was a good match. You know these guys do. So they get a championship match at a later date. Lashley came out, said he's done with Omos and MVP. He's moving on. So Theory comes out and confronts Lashley. And I'm like, bro. So remember that push we talked about? Yeah, this is Lashley going after the United States Championship. A championship he's already held um 
Will they have a match at Money in the Bank? Who knows? I would, I would, I would like, like, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see, because I, I really do think that Theory should be in the Money in the Bank match. Veer beats uh, Dominic Mysterio by DQ. Dom runs away. And I like I like sometimes when a face sees they can't win a match. Be smart. We need smarter faces. The Judgment Day. So we had a countdown timer, right? That at 10 o'clock, the Judgment Day will be getting a new member. So they come out. Edge, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest. They won the match Sunday. So who's the new member? It's Finn Balor. Okay, you can't beat him. Join him. It's been a minute since Finn was a heel. <laughs> but Rhea and Damian Priest turn on Edge. Kick Edge out of the Judgment Day and Finn Balor is the new leader. They put Edge to a table, then give him a concerto. So I guess I don't like that when heels, how heels become faces sometimes just because other heels attack them because Edge has done some despicable shit and now also we're supposed to cheer for him when he comes back but the new Judgment Day is Finn Rhea and Damian Priest not none of them are really good on the mic so maybe a fourth member will come that can be a spokesperson for them Omar squash Cedric Alexander in like 15 seconds and MVP's talking Rude and Ziggler just randomly show up for an interview. And MVP and Omar's like, yo, what the fuck? And they just super kick Omar's and then run away. It was so random. Um, Zeke beat Otis, admits to KO that he is Elias just so he can get his rematch. And once he gets his rematch, he's like, I just lied, dog. It's just, I'm, I'm not. Elias as the world turns and in our main event Rhea Ripley won a fatal four way defeating Liv Morgan uh, Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop to face Bianca Belair at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view so these two can go they can put on a nice nice show I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I, I I don't think Dewdrop is going to win. We got to continue with her and Nikki. But we'll see what's next. Raw gets a fist over on Dynamite. We're crowning a new world champion. So we open up the show with the Casino Battle Royal. And we'll just jump down to the final four, which was Kyle O'Reilly, Andrade, uh, Wheeler Yuta. Forget who the fourth person was. Kyle O'Reilly, Andrade, Wheeler Yuta. I, I, I forget. But there were a lot of stories to it. And in the end, Kyle O'Reilly won, which was really a shocker. I wanted either Miro or Andrade to win. And Miro wasn't even the match. Miro wasn't even on the show. But he was mentioned, which is good. Um, so Kyle O'Reilly will face John Moxley later in the evening. And that person will go on to face the winner of the Tanahashi Goto match at Dominion. To become the new interim world champion. So AEW introduced a new championship called the All Atlantic Championship, which is essentially like an intercontinental title, with the exception of um, Japan is on the Pacific Ocean, but they're featured on the belts. Very nice looking belt, but 
uh, I think they only did it because mm, All Atlantic is not not a bad name, not by any stretch of the imagination. So there was a tournament for the match, and our first uh, uh, match in the tournament was Pac versus Buddy Matthews. The tournament features all foreigners. So Pac versus Buddy Matthews was a very good match. Pac wins with the Black Arrow, and he's moving on to the next round. Uh, the House of uh, House of Black confront Buddy at the top of the ramp. House of Black with the new with, with the Joya Heart there. Uh, Trent Beretta wants a rematch with FTR because their match, obviously, for the Tag Team Championships ended abruptly. FTR comes up, we ain't got no beef with you, but we'll give you the match. And Will Ospreay shows up. And then the United Empire show up and they attack. And they all just jump FTR and repunt um, 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 Trent Beretta. We're just, we're building to a forbidden door. Okay. Uh, Hangman Page beats David Finley. Another New Japan guy, David Finley, if you also don't know, is the son of Fit Finley. And after Hangman wins, he says he wants Okada. Woo! Woo! He wants Okada. Adam Cole was on commentary. He said, no, no, we ain't having this because Okada may not even be champion. It could be my man Jay White. So we'll see. We'll, uh... We'll see. All I know is I'm hyped for Okada to finally show up in AEW. Wardlow's reasoning for not being in the Battle Royal, which doesn't make sense as he wants to face CM Punk. Okay, I get that, but you could have just won the Battle Royal, beat Mox, and beat whomever to end up facing Punk and still be, and still be world champion. But um, he's going to have a 21-on-1 match because he's been, remember, he's been sued by Mark Sterling and group. Thunder Rosa issued an open challenge to defend her championship, and it was answered by the problem of Marina Shafir. This was a really nice match. This was a good match. Thunderosa wins with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Marina attacks Thunderosa after the match, and Tony Storm makes the save, so we could potentially see Tony Storm as the next challenger for Thunderosa. And in our main event, in a just a just good old fashioned wrestling match, with a contrast of styles, John Moxley defeated Kyle O'Reilly. He will advance to the forbidden door. Um, this was a soft show. It was a good show. It gets a fist leaning towards more of one thumb up, but it was wasn't bad. Over on Impact, um, Taya and Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary may team up again, and it looks like they'll be going after that. They may go after the influence for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. The Briscoes and the Good Brothers continue to fight while uh, Sammy Callahan and Moose continue to fight. So keep telling these stories. They're great. And I don't know more are taking out um, 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 impact, I guess, originals while some are just declining as they have a match coming up with Slammiversary, a five on five match. And... The, the impact side is missing two people, but in the main event, Honor the More defeated the team of Kaz at the Motor City Machine Guns. This was a good match. Over on SmackDown, we had Money in the Bank qualifiers. No Matt Moss. No Aaliyah. Odd. Even though Shotzi was on the show, which I'm happy. I was on the show. I'm still happy about that. But we opened up with a Money in the Bank qualifier, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. And I feel like it's contractually obligated. These two have to fight each other. Every year, 
and the match has to be a good match because guess what this was a good match and even though it ended in a no contest it made sense because these two dudes know each other well and it takes a lot to put each each of them away they just completely just kept fighting and they went to commercial break after the match was called a no contest and they were still fighting and had just a really really good brawl so you know what that means we're going to get a fucking rematch next week and then later in the show, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre leaned on Adam Pearce to be put into the match, the Money in the Bank match. But y'all didn't win. Neither one of you won. Uh, Lacey Evans defeated my girl, Zia Lee, qualified for Money in the Bank. This was very, very clunky. I'm putting this on Lacey Evans. She still has not improved. She looked good because Lacey Evans is, does look good, but her in-ring um, skill still needs work. Ronda Rousey was confronted by Shotzi Blackheart. And she beat Shotzi in the match, which was good. I'm, I'm just happy to see Shotzi on SmackDown. I'm happy to see Ronda wrestling. Natalya showed up to attack Ronda, put her in a sharpshooter after the match and injured her. So we got a little bit of intrigue to make her think that, you know, Natalya could win. Gunther defeated Ricochet to win their Intercontinental Championship. First things first, I'm not a fan of skinny Gunther. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight and it looks weird. Uh, uh... Ricochet ends his uninspiring Intercontinental Championship reign, but at least he looked, he did good in this match. Um, but now Gunther, maybe they can give Gunther more to do. In our main event, uh, we have Sami Zayn versus Matt Riddle. If Riddle wins, he gets a championship match against Roman Reigns next week on SmackDown. Sami wins. Um, Riddle is barred from SmackDown. Needless to say, guys, this was a very, very good match. Paul Heyman was on commentary, doing his thing, doing what he does best. And this was, you guys go watch this match. Um, Riddle wins in the end with an RKO. Sammy was going for the Haluva kick, and uh, uh, Riddle just ran at him, hit an RKO. So Riddle took it on Roman Reigns next week, fighting for the honor of Randy Orton. The Usos attacked Riddle, but Riddle was able to fight back with a candlestick. He stands tall. Our baby face stands tall not bad over on rampage eddie kingston defeated jake hager in a surprise win and i'm calling it a surprise win because hager has been super protected while in AEW. he rarely takes a pinfall look at all the multi-man matches it's almost always jericho the being the one getting pinned Britt baker has an issue with tony storm jumping the line for the AEW championship Britt, we don't we want you at the back of the line so please hush your face jay lethal and satnam singh won a squash match um, and a match that surprised a lot of people uh, for how good it was. Chris Statlander beat Red Velvet. This was a really, really good match. Go back and watch it, guys. Um, the baddies were at ringside, and then they end up laying out Chris. Anna Jay tried to make the save, and they take out Anna Jay. Athena runs out to make the save. And we're moving forward to Jay's next challenger. I would much, much prefer it to be Chris Statlander. I've said time and again, I think Chris is going to be the one to dethrone Jade. Chris can beat Jade, move on to defend the title against others, while Jade can then go and feud with Athena. And in our main event, FTR and Trent defeated the team of Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. It's a good match, too. It's a lot of good matches this week. You want to know how a lot? No, there are a lot of good matches. Matches of the week from In Your House this past weekend. North American Championship, Cameron Grimes defending against Carmelo Hayes from Hell in a Cell. The Raw Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair defending against Asuka and Becky Lynch for also from Hell in a Cell. The Hell in a Cell match, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes from Dynamite, Pac versus Buddy Matthews, John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly. From Impact, uh, Kazarian and the Motor City Machine Guns versus Honor No 
Moore. From SmackDown, Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn. From Rampage, Chris Statlander and Red Velvet versus Red Velvet. And FDR and Trent Beretta versus Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark David. Those are a lot of good matches, guys. A lot of good, solid matches. And a star of the week, obviously, it has to be Cody Rhodes. Still don't know how he was medically clear, but apparently, once you tear the peck off the bone, whatever, there's not much more damage you can do. That's why he was clear. But uh, we'll be right back, guys, with our top story. One of the staples of professional wrestling are factions, are stables. And I don't I don't I don't know where we'd be without them. They are so 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 darn important. I said darn, god damn it. That's um it feels odd sometimes when a company wink wink nudge nudge WWE doesn't really factor into them, pay attention to them. So our new our new series, Faction War Fair. And we're just going to be talking about factions, stables, groups, the history of wrestling, past, present, possibly even future. So first things first, we need to establish some things. Stable, faction, group, three or more wrestlers. And you're going to notice a common theme that factions stables more often than not are heels and they share common motives allies adversaries it could be through one storyline or multiple storylines coalescing into one and the thing that will always make it interesting is it's not being forced not feeling forced prime example not relating to factions or stables but the early days uh not the early days but the mid days of nxt when when they finally brought in war games it it felt natural to get a war games match and kind of like kind of like the avengers Versus the Justice League. The Avengers always come together by happenstance, by coincidence. Whereas Justice League comes together because they know they need to come together. So we have factions like that on both sides of the aisle. Um, sometimes factions will have feature wrestlers that have the same gimmick. It's like, oh, it's like the Spider-Man, Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. Uh, so our faction stables got to be at least three people, no tag teams. Um, 
this is I, I'm not I'm not gonna try to have it to be uh, a deep dive, but I just want to have a conversations. Now we there are times where we can get to points of factions within a faction, such as um, or tag teams inside of a faction, such as chaos, such as the Bullet Club. Now. I'm going to be looking at both a stable and a faction. So, but they remember they they differ from each other. So, a stable differs from a faction in that a stable consists of wrestlers who share a common leader. For example, a manager or a ballet who directs the wrestlers and speaks for them. That's what a stable is. Whereas a faction is a larger group, and a faction is a group of several wrestlers who band together and protect each other during matches. And they are different from a stable and that stables have a leader. So more often than not, we're going to be looking at stables, but every now and then we'll be looking at factions. All right. And I wanted to start by looking at the importance of factions. There are two things that almost always happens with factions. One, they're dominant. Two, the end goal is for them to make new stars. Okay? For me, that's that's always my main thought process for a faction i'm not necessarily looking toward for towards when they're eventually going to break up but i'm more so looking towards all right when this is all said and done how will these guys come out in the end um i'll give you a prime example a group that we'll talk about in due time is the hurt business the wwe version of the hurt business MVP, Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. Like these guys together. But in the end, who ultimately benefited from them being together? Damn sure it wasn't Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I can tell you that for damn, damn sure. So, let's start with a smaller stable who I've seen begin I've seen their beginnings I've seen their ending i.e. their dissolution Eminem Joey Mercury Johnny Nitro and Melina these guys came together on Smackdown they started out in OVW now these guys and girl were very good together. Things just worked for them. In 2005, Pro Wrestling Illustrated made them the tag team of the year. Actually, before we even continue, let's go 
see if I can find that listing. Tag Team of the Year 2005. So the third runner up in 2005 was Chris Harrison, James Storm, America's Most Wanted in TNA. Second runner host, <laughs> Road Warrior Animal and John Heidenreich. Let that sink in. Shows you kind of how good of a team they actually, how good of a team they actually were. First runner up was Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, with Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro being number one. So, uh, Eminem started out on. Ohio Valley Wrestling. At the time, Johnny Nitro and Molina were dating. Um, they were called up. They debuted on Carlitos Cabana. Remember that, y'all? Remember Carlitos Cabana? It's always, it's always, always a talk show. Um, they interrupted a segment between Carlito and Rey Mysterio, and then they attacked Rey. This ended them ended up with them feuding with Ray, and at the time his partner was my guy, my guy, Eddie Guerrero. All right, and they ended up defeating Ray and Eddie for the WWE Tag Team Championship. After Eddie refused to tag into the match, Eddie turned heel eventually. And was that? I wonder. Is that? Did that lead to us? Let me look up SummerSlam. This was in 2005. SummerSlam 2005. Is this, if this is the ladder match? Um, no. Yes, it was. <laughs> was the ladder match? Listen, I know my stuff. Know my stuff now. This was Eddie Turn Hill, uh, which led to their Eddie. Eddie and Ray's ladder match, but back, back, back to back to back to uh, back to Eminem. So they went on to become the tag team championships, tag team champion, become the tag team champions, and they were good together. They had this paparazzi gimmick. They had the red carpet, they had the fur coats, and the glasses, and the paparazzi taking pictures of them. They had the smoking hot manager. Melina, who went on, who herself went on to become women's champion. So they were great. So she was placed into a feud with I don't know why she was placed into to an angle with Heidenreich. Uh, it was just whatever. Um, and Eminem would face Heidenreich in a two-on-one handicap match, and Road Warrior Animal would team up with end up with team with Heidenreich. And they would eventually defeat Eminem for the Tag Team Championships. Wow. Uh, and this is this shows you how you got to commit to the gimmick. So Molina saw them losing the Tag Team Championships as uh, bad publicity. So she introduced Jillian Hall as their uh, uh, spin doctor fixer. Which ended up with them uh, uh, getting the cover of SmackDown Magazine, which I have in my room, mind you. I have every issue of SmackDown Magazine. Um, 
Jillian would then go leave the group and then join JBL in his stable. So uh, back back to Eminem, right? They were placed into a fatal four way. Was this the ladder? This wasn't the ladder match. They were they were, fa- they were put into a, uh, a fatal four way uh, match with the Mexicans, William Regal, and Paul. <laughs> Um, in the Legion of Doom 2005 Which was Heidenreich and uh, Reward Animal They won the championships again And they defended them against Eddie and Batista Who were going through the thing This was This was, this was the time when, when tag team wrestling Mattered You know what I mean um, Storyline wise they then lost the championships To Batista and Ray And this is where shit really starts to hit the fans. So Molina wants to wants to uh, seduce Batista to forfeit the match. It doesn't it doesn't go down. Uh, Mark Henry aids Eminem in winning the tag team championships. Eminem then defeated Ray and Batista in the steel cage match with uh, Henry turning heel. Now their dissolution. So mind you, Eminem were only together for two years on the main roster. Um, they replaced an angle where they found themselves in a losing streak against Paula, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Where they were all listen, this this was good quality tag team wrestling. Not I mean. And they would keep losing to Kendrick and London until they finally lost the championships to Kendrick and London. Okay. Uh Molina lost a, a, a match against Jillian Hall. And then she and Johnny Nitro were fired for SmackDown. So now um, they're split up for a little bit. Off screen, Nitro and Mercury did not get along. And they decided to split them up by sending Nitro and Molina to Raw and keeping Mercury on SmackDown. But he was about to get suspended for a wellness policy. After the team split, um, Nitro, so this is where the point where we go. Well, who's who's coming out on top? We had we we kind of figured that it would probably be Johnny Nitro because if you look at look at the the world of wrestling that we're in right now, you can clearly see that. Well, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Elite, John Morrison, so on and so forth. But eventually, 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 got they they came back together. Um, and there was a fatal four way ladder match at Armageddon with the Hardys, Eminem, Paul Under Brian Kendrick, William Regal, and Dave Dave Taylor. Where, who are these who are these fucking people? And Mercury got legitimately injured as a ladder which was just smashed into his face and he was taken to the emergency room where he had broken those fifteen stitches. And it was working to an injury angle with him wearing a protective face covering and eventually, 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 they split. Um, Mercury was kind of released. Nitro and Molina uh, continued on Raw, where they where they found success until the ECW brand was uh, 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 brought in. Nitro was renamed Morrison, moved over there, where he became the ECW champion. Molina was eventually let go after some backstage things that happened. Uh, with her and Batista, if you don't know, go look it up. Uh, Mercury returned in 2010 to be part of CM Punk Straight Edge Society and became a trainer in FCW. 
and I wonder, is he still working for them? A Nitro Molina reunited a little bit for uh, and Lucha Underground. Mercury was also part of J&J Security. <laughs> That's something about Pro Security. Um, but in the end, you, you, it's, it's safe to say that, you know, Morrison is really the one that came out on top. Uh, just had a, a beautiful, just a beautiful, beautiful um, career. And Mercury is one of those guys that works behind the scenes now where he, you know, he's a good, good hand. That's Eminem. Have fond, fond memories of them. How about how about the new breed? You guys remember the new breed? You guys remember the new breed? So part of that ECW brand, the rebranding, they had a faction, right? They had this down. This is a this was a stable, okay. And essentially, they were put together to feud against the ECW originals. So, who did the new breed consist of? The new breed consisted of Elijah Burke, who was the leader, Marcus Corvon, Matt Stryker. Kevin Thorne, Ariel, and CM Punk. Now, for the most part, I liked everybody here in the stable, with the exception of Kevin Thorne. I never really was a fan of him. Love Shelly Martinez, aka Ariel, CM Punk, duh, Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon. I don't like Marcus Corvon. I like Monty Brown, the Alpha Male, and Matt Stryker. So. What was the concept of the group? So, WWE had purchased ECW. They brought them back as a brand because One Night Stand was just so fucking popular. And the term the new breed was originally described to, to, to describe the revived ECW brand as a whole. A new breed unleashed. But that name would then go on to represent the new breed of talent brought in. Vince appeared on Sci-Fi, and storyline-wise, he showed a hatred, a disdain for the original ECW, i.e. the ECW originals. And he showed appreciation, love for the new wrestlers that he brought in, for the guys and girls that were going to bring in this new... Um, type of ecw that he wanted to make and you see we look we knew where this was heading we knew vince mcmahon's true dislike for ecw so the first thing that we got was them being recognized as what ecw should be as a result our originals tommy dreamer boss mahoney sabu and sandman attacked Elijah Burke starting the feud and for a minute it was Vince Man as their spokesperson eventually 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 RVD would join in not the not the new breed but with the originals 
and Vince said that they will be fired to interfere in each other's matches. <laughs> Matt Stryker, Kevin Thorne, and Ariel soon joined forces with Elijah Burke and Marcus Corvine. Stryker was named the special guest referee in Thorne's match with Dreamer and refused to count a pinfall <laughs> for Tommy Dreamer. So, so the deck was the, the deck was already stacked against the ECW originals. So where where do we go? Where 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 was where would this lead to? Well, it led to Dreamer challenging the new breed to a match at WrestleMania. This was WrestleMania 23. This was a uh, this was Battle for Billionaires. Uh Now as for this this feud this feud moving on Dreamer wins a battle royal that featured both the new breed and the originals leading up to to the stable clash at Wrestlemania okay and we get to our Wrestlemania match the head the clash the new breed versus there you see that originals now mind you right before this match they all tried to recruit ec uh, uh cm punk but here's my question why would cm punk join the originals yes he can kind of embody the spirits of the ECW originals, but more so storyline wise, he should join the new breed. Duh. So what happens with Punk? We'll get to we'll, we'll we'll get to WrestleMania. What happens with Punk? Well, originally. He chose to join the new breed. Right? Punk made his decision. He joined them. This came after, well, a WrestleMania match, which the ECW Originals won. Yeah, they won. Shocker, right? So it was time to get some new blood in for the new breed. Punk swerved the new breed and ended up joining the originals after the new breed kind of attacked them. To put it put put it into this feud to to, to everything. The 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 Thorn quit. Corvon and Stryker lost to the fucking major brothers, aka um, Ryder and Matt Cardona. I'm um, Zach Ryder and uh, Brett Myers, <laughs> who are still attacking to this day, mind you. And there was a slow dissolution of the faction, which they eventually broke up. RVD came in. Um, 
then left. Sabu replaced Sandman. There was a tables match. But in the end, how 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 did everybody fare in the in the new breed? Well, here's the thing. Exception of CM Punk, nobody's wrestling anymore. Ijeburk is pretty much retired. Marcus Corvine been retired Matt Stryker pretty much does commentary now Kevin Thorne's working in fucking real estate and Shelly Martinez does interviews it was a fine fine storyline for for ECW it was but never got that oomph you know what I mean because I felt like it should have been dragged out more. And I think. I truly believe ECW not being beholden. Um, be, well being beholden to the new to the new things that they had. Wasn't going to really work. You know. If, if it was. If it was ECW the old way. With the new breed. Allow being allowed to wrestle under the original ECW rules, then yeah, we would have we would have had something. You know what I mean? And I think that if if it was done right, the new breed, uh, those guys and girl could have gone on to have more prosperous careers, especially especially Elijah Burke. You know what reminds me of Elijah Burke? Carmelo Hayes. Elijah Burke probably should have been a bigger star than he was. And I think, well, Marcus Corvon, he left because of personal reasons. But I, I, Elijah Burke should have come out the main star of that group. He should have come out as a, a world champion contender. But, but once again, we have this thing where we fail we fail and they failed to do that with the new breed so that's one of the highlights and even lowlights of the WWECW experiments because there were some pluses on there but I, I thought about doing more more um factions but the show's getting just a tad a tad tad bit long so we'll we'll do more listen we've got plenty plenty of factions to talk about um and these were these were two groups that 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 i liked as you can as you as you can see from both groups i'm excluding cm punk because he wasn't really a a full-fledged official member Though between Eminem and between the new breed, the one person that came out as a super duper megastar in the realm of professional wrestling is John Morrison. Cause look at him, he's still wrestling, does TV roles now and then. Um, he's honored and respected, but it's not like it's not like Joey Mercury, Melina, I respect. These are two people that are also very very respected. It's just you know what I what I really believe is that. I think Eminem were ahead of their time and Eminem 
would excel today in the social media uh, uh, driven world. They would excel. And I'm thinking to myself, are there are there are are there teams, are there faction stables that are like them now? Could be like them. And right now nobody's coming to mind. So I would love to see some form of Eminem today. Not 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 Mercury Nitro Molina, but another three man group, two man and a girl, whatever, of that paparazzi, of that social media driven um groupie. As for the new breed, should have been better, should have been more. Did I want them to win at WrestleMania? No. I bro, I, I'm born and raised Philadelphia. Alright. ECW is who I am, is what I am, is what we are. And I and I needed the originals to win that match. I just wish Elijah Burke would have come out the bigger star. A bigger star. Um Yeah, that sucks. But that's it for now, guys. That is that is our show. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for uh listening, watching, watching and listening. Uh Next week, we'll be looking at transitional champions. I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> um, as always, check me out on my socials. Charismatic underscore creations 52 on Instagram. Charismatic creations on Facebook, Tumblr, and YouTube. Don't forget to check out Charismatic Cards on YouTube as well. Well, and stay tuned for the Money in the Bank roundtable discussion coming in the next week or two. I'm gonna try to get this thing together, get some guests, and we're just gonna talk about Money in the Bank, man. This is this is this is gonna be fun. Uh, we're gonna have some fun with that. And as always, Zia Lee, Gigi Jolin, and Wendy Chu. Mm, mm, mm. I'll let you, boy. Peace.